Hey guys, do you need a new bath mat? Or a shower curtain? Or maybe even a bedspread? And ideally, would you like those things to have our faces printed all over them? It's a rhetorical question. I know that the answer is yes. A resounding yes. Head over to ron-iii-art.redbubble.com so that you can start adorning your house with WT Fata merchandise today. <laughs> I was holding it in. And I'm like, I got it. I can. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Episode 66, people. This is it. <laughs> Welcome. We are here. Episode 66. Yeah, it's a cursed episode. I don't know what the fuck is going on today. This is like, this is yeah. This is the third attempt at trying to start the show. Uh, and yeah, and, and prior to that, I was fighting with uh, Google Assistant, which nobody wants or needs. A battle that he won, by the way. He won a battle. I got by with a little help from my friend. Yeah. That's what we do here. Yeah. At the WT Fought a Podcast with Ron and John here. Yes. And we're both, I think, feeling a little bit down energy today. A little bit, a little bit perturbed. But I think, uh, I think we're going to be okay. I think we can have a good show. I feel like, you know, just adjust the energy, take a couple deep breaths. T- t- take a breath with us, everybody. Yeah, ready? On three, we breathe in. One, two, three. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. And Hold it. Oh, okay. <laughs> For a second, that Mikey. I think he's just trying to. We're all gonna. Everyone. We're all gonna pass out. Yeah. Everyone, hold it. Hold it. And everyone's up. Firmly grasp it. Um. Yeah, so uh, now that we're actually, it seems like we're actually recording the episode now, um, how have things been going, John? <laughs> Not bad. Long week. Yeah. Long week. Getting most of the majority of my work done in the first couple weeks of the month, so the second half of the month should be a lot less stressful. Yeah. Well, a little bit more chill. A little bit less stressful. Right, uh, right. Yeah. I get you. I get you. It's a it's a solid okay. tactic. I'm past the most of it. The yeah. worst is past. We're here. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. It is. At the park. It's nice. And it's finally starting to feel like fall again. Yeah. We had, we had like a mild fall that went straight into like a very cold, wintry snowstorm. And then went back to like summer. It's like yeah. a week and a half straight. It's like 75 degrees. And now it's back down to the 40s. Well, the 50s today, you know, it's just New England yeah. weather, I guess, you know, or, or global warming. Well, you know what? Take your pick. You know what they say about the weather in New England is if you don't like it, get the it fuck out. It still doesn't give a shit. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out. That's, that works too. 
<sighs> no, New, New England weather, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't care about your feelings. No. At all. <laughs> it's not a safe space. No, nature don't give a shit. No. It's brutal. Speaking of nature not giving a shit, I watched Chimpanzees Hunt a Monkey, and uh, it was it was horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it was you, really horrific. Do you follow the Nature is Metal Instagram page? No, but I, I've heard of it, and I probably should. should. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just all, like, it's, it's the raw truth of what happens out there. Well, yeah. Predator-prey relationships. Yeah. It's just videos of just, like, animals just ripping each other apart. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I was very disturbed. Uh, I didn't think that they were going to show. I thought they would, like, do one of those, like, polite cutaways, mm-hmm. and they, they did not. Nope. And I just saw, like, a bone snap out, and I was like, oh, my yep. God damn. It was pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really weird video, though, because the people that were watching the chimpanzees, like, had been watching them for a long time, and they were like, yeah, and, like, you know, they're showing this imagery of all this stuff happening, and then it, like, does this really quick jump to them talking about one of the chimps that they call Hare, H-A-R-E. And they were like, Hare is a very sweet, um, very uh, interesting and uh, gentle soul. And I'm like, well, Hare just bit the face off of a small monkey. So I don't know why your parent, like, I don't know what you're doing right now. What point are you trying to make here? Like, <laughs> the, the juxtaposition of fucking hair committing extreme violence <laughs> and them being like he's a very complex and beautiful creature like <laughs> fuck it you're tapped yeah you're out of your mind well, it's what they're made to do yeah you know? well yeah i mean people need to watch shit like this they need to see that happen yeah i think that'll prevent people from getting out of the fucking car at those drive-thru safaris and getting ripped apart by tigers yeah look at the big cute kitty oh we're yeah. safe no you're yeah. not you're not no i that whenever you see people do shit like that you're always like like it, there's just like a, a lack of understanding about what animals are or people that walk into like zoo enclosures and like yes I'm gonna pet the tiger yeah no you're not I mean you might get to for a minute for there, a second while you're trying to push it off <laughs> you from mauling you to death <laughs> yeah I, I always like there's a video of um a guy that got out of his car to feed a bear and uh, the bear was like, well, you know, the granola is nice, but I think I'm going to eat you. Mm-hmm. And then he started, like, just mauling the shit out of this guy. Mm-hmm. And his wife is in the car. And, look, I'm sympathetic to the wife. What do you do, right? I mean, what I would have done is probably get in the driver's seat and try to drive the car towards the bear. And scare it. Right. Yeah. You know, like, that would have been good. What she does is record her husband getting attacked and say, Honey, honey, get up! Get up, honey, get up! <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm pretty sure he is attempting to do that. Yeah. It may not look like much of an effort, but you have to understand it's a gigantic fucking bear. Right. You know, like, uh, you're not helping. I know! I know, Donna! I know! <laughs> Just get up! What are you doing? Well, you don't let it eat you! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what do you do in that situation? Because, like, you don't get out and try and fight the bear. No. Because that's a, that's a battle you're not going to win. No. No. I, I would definitely... Have, I think the car is a key component. You have jackasses out there who'd be like, well, you're going to get out and try and help. And it's like, no, you're <laughs> no. going to get killed too. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah. And then whatever family you do have is without their mother and father. Right. Because they both are fucking dead now. Yeah. Like, no, you don't get out of the fucking car. You don't try and help someone get mauled by a bear. I, I mean, think... 
from a safe distance, maybe throw a couple rocks. I don't fucking know. Maybe, yeah. What do you do? What do you do there? Yeah. I don't know. I think that I would have, you know, let nature run its course, and then I would have sent that video into AFV and yeah. get myself a Disney cruise. Yeah, there you go. That's what I would have done. You know, silver linings. Yeah. Either way, you're going to have a dead husband. Might as well just go to Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, you might meet somebody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A mascot in a bear suit. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Happy ending. Right, he's doing like a seminar on like how cute bears are, but like don't go near them because they're dangerous. And she's like, this guy's a fucking genius. (laughs) Way smarter than that dope Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl and Donna. Zero chance of that guy getting mauled by a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies to any Daryls and Donnas that are out in the uh, in the crowd uh, listening to this. I don't think we have any Daryl and Donnas. We might. It's like a deep cut name. Hey, if you're a Daryl or a Donna, you know, leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash WTFOTA slash message. Yeah, even message. if you want to tell us to fuck ourselves, that's fine too. Yeah, whatever. You know, we're used or, to it. We don't care. Yeah. We don't really value your opinion. I'm, that's not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of value the opinion of our listeners. Me too. Me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, so... Um, in other news... In other news... Uh, man, Trump's like kind of a, a big old baby. Uh, yeah, I haven't really been following. He just spent like a week like not talking to anybody. <laughs> except to like rant on Twitter. He just won't admit defeat. defeat. And uh, we knew this was going to happen, no matter what the results were. You knew whether it was Trump that that was uh, named the winner, or was it Biden that was named the winner? Which apparently there's no legal official winner yet. It's president-elect. Yes. It's not over. It's far from over. Yeah. And it could be overturned. I want everybody to be prepared that it could legally be overturned. Yeah, but I. It would be a lot of. It would be a lot of work to make that seem like oh like oh all right yeah he he's the president again you know yeah I mean they have to they have to flip a couple states back which again I'm all for recounting the votes you know go mm-hmm. ahead and recount them uh, make sure it was done right but whatever the recount results are it's mm-hmm. like well then you know we have to we have to move on you know we just can't keep recounting the votes expecting to see something. You know, different, you know. Yeah. So. Count all the votes. Do it the right way. And, I mean, I'm kind of hoping things stay the way they are, <laughs> to be honest. Like, uh, oh, like with Biden. But, yeah. I thought you meant I with would... Trump in office. <laughs> I was oh, like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what, a, change of, uh, a change of heart, John's no. had. No. No. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, uh, look, I, you can it's so hard to see what one person does what one person like how they have an impact on things you know and like I think that when I look at when I think about what presidencies like like he he says that he caused the economy to boom and then Obama says, well, actually, it was all of our legwork that allowed that recovery to happen, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think it probably is like a little bit of maybe a little bit of both. 
maybe a little bit of both, but I always judge presidencies based on like the mental health of the nation. Usually if a, if the country feels like it's on an upswing and people are okay, then I'm like, all right, well, good, you know, but this is not where we're at. We're at a point where it feels like everybody's lost their minds mm-hmm. and it's like, I want stability, you know, so. That's exactly it. <clears throat> That's exactly it. It's all that matters. Um, what else did I see? Uh, what did I, what did I do this week? Did I do anything this week? Do anything? I fucking didn't. I worked all week. The entire week. And then I, I, in my free time, I, I drank. Oh, jeez. A lot of drinking. Oh, boy. A lot of drinking, baby. That's what I do. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just messing. Yeah. No, Um, I actually had a couple days where I was just like, I had like a cancellation here and there, so mm -hmm. I had less time for myself, went out, went for a run. Nice. Trying to take care of myself when I can. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't think I I worked a lot on art stuff, which was good. And uh, trying to think if I've been watching anything interesting or new uh, that I wanted to. Oh, I watched uh, some of the Harley Quinn animated show. That was really fun. I didn't know there was one. It's uh, it was on DC Universe, so it was like kind of like hard to access for like a casual viewer. Now it's on HBO Max. Um, because a lot of the DC Universe stuff got, like, carried over to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Kaylee Cuoco does the voice of Harley. Um, pretty good cast. Tony Hale is in it, too, as Dr. Psycho. Tony Hale is... Uh, he played Buster on Arrested Development and, uh, Forky in Toy Story 4. It's funny you bring up Arrested Development, because I, I actually did watch first three episodes of that show what do you think uh it was all right yeah it was all right yeah yeah i like that show i have a lot. to you know watch more of it but yeah. from what i saw i'm like this isn't bad this has potential to take off yeah we should do a television episode on that Ooh. the rest of development yeah do season I, one i love jason bateman Fucking yeah love jason bateman he's really funny it's great timing big man crush on him yeah. Plays the same character in every fucking movie, which is fine. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. He for has him. very sarcastic, witty humor. Yeah, with him, but I dig it. I think uh, somebody was tell- talking to me about The Outsider, which is another HBO show based on like a Stephen King. I think it's a novel. Like Could have been a short story, but I heard that he does like he stretches in a slightly different direction. There, oh, he's yeah. a little bit more like broody. Well, I think doesn't he do that in Ozark? He plays a little bit of a different character. I watched like a little bit. Season. I I watched much. like the first two episodes, and mm-hmm. I was like, "This is Breaking Bad light," and I stopped watching it. Yeah, that's what people were saying. It's a lot <coughs> Breaking Bad there, but yeah, Ozark is so good. Uh, you I know what? It. You know what? I I got frustrated with Ozark about was the the rushing, that it was like, well, we got to make sure we really hook the audience. So plot points that you had to wait four seasons for in Breaking Bad. They're going to be happening in the first episode. And it was like, this is almost obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really is trying really hard to be like, look at how cutting edge we are. And I was <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not into it. Mm. I could not get into it. Um, and I mean, I guess like, uh, I, I guess that a lack of chemistry between the husband and wife character makes sense because of how that relationship is. Like, mm. it's on the outs when we start the show. But 
I can't even imagine Jason Bateman and her ever having been. I think Laura <laughs> Linney. Like, I can't imagine them ever having been even a couple or wanting to get married. Like, I just don't at all see it. Mm. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, like the result of an arranged marriage or something. Yeah. Like, they, they didn't know each other, but the families were like, you need to marry him. And she was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll cheat on him a lot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no big deal. I feel like that's a compromise most people have. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, my relationship doesn't really work, but sure, I'll get married. I'll just, I'll just fucking cheat. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. What they don't know won't ruin the marriage. What they do know will you know <laughs> hopefully this doesn't get out yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah i watched the harley quinn show and uh been watching a lot of like youtube videos this week i always watch a ton of youtube videos i'm always like searching around for new content but i was watching uh i think the channel's called fascinating horror and uh this dude just talks about real life events that happened that are just horrendously grotesque. Um, some of like the worst stories that you could imagine, like big accidents and, and shit and like, uh, yeah, disturbing stuff, real disturbing. Uh, I listen to it while I go to sleep. Um, <laughs> but whatever works, right? <clears throat> hey, um, but yeah, no, there was like a, like a, one that I watched about a River Rapids ride at a park and one of the water pumps broke mm-hmm. because the water pump, the way that they give momentum uh, for the rapids is they actually have the water flowing downhill. So the water pumps have to pump the water back up to where you get on the ride at the top of this big staircase, right? Um, so because that pump broke, the water level wasn't there to take the raft that came up the conveyor belt into the small pool so that they could get off and new passengers could get on. So they got stuck at the top of the conveyor belt. And then the water level at the bottom is still decent. So uh, people come in their raft and they hit the conveyor belt and they start going up. But because the people are stuck at the top and nobody can move them, like the conveyor belt just sends the second raft into the first one and it tipped... And when it tipped, the people fell out of the fucking thing. Oh, my God. Into the conveyor belt, like, mechanism. Oh, no. Yeah, like, four people just got mangled in the fucking conveyor belt. Oh, my God. That's awful. Horrifying, dude. Horrifying. Like, hard to... Hard to understand. Like, when you hear that, it, like... It makes you, like, nervous. Like, it makes you nervous, like, just, uh, like, I don't know how to explain it. But, like, you hear a story like that, and it's so over the top. It's so horrible that it's hard to actually, like, grasp that it happened. Look at it, like, as, like, a real thing that occurred. You know what I mean? Like, you feel like, like Final Destination type thing. Oh, my God. It's really a new one coming out next year. Really? I guess so. I don't. Know. I saw a movie poster. I don't know if it's real. I didn't look into the it. The final, so. final, final, final destination. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be about twenty twenty. Just probably. Like this is all the deaths. 
Maybe, no. maybe this is the movie that's supposed to be coming out next year. This but, is, yeah. <laughs> and it's just not a movie for us. It's, it's a pretty movie good for the higher power. Yeah, yeah. It was a um, crazy story, though. Damn. There was that one, and there was one about a cave system. It was called like the Nutty Putty Caves. And they basically, I think it was on, like, private land or something. So they would sell tickets to go exploring and spelunking. And uh, there was one part of it that was called the birth canal because it gets, like, really, really narrow. Um, And this dude, like a kid, like 18, could have been in his, like, early 20s, something like that. But he was like, oh, I think I know where I am. This is the birth canal. And then he kept crawling, but it wasn't the birth canal. It was like a separate, uncharted part of the cave. So he got stuck and nobody could find him. So then they went and they, like, got people to go in to, like, rescue him. And there was this rock arch that they put a rope over and they tied around his ankles. They're like, all right, we're going to start winching you up. And he's like, okay, cool. And they started wenching him up, wenching him up, wenching him up. And then the rock arch fucking snapped. And a piece of the rock went and hit the rescuer in the head, right? And the kid, he had only gone like three feet up off the ground, it seemed. But the kid went back down. And they think he got knocked out. Like he hit his head, right? Wait, so this birth canal, was it like crawling down? Or was it like The way, where he wound up, he was facing down. But I think the birth canal was, like, supposed to be horizontal. Like, I think at first he was like, oh, this is the birth canal. It's really narrow. And then it went down down a bit. Oh, my God. I I get claustrophobic, and this is just like... Well, you're not going to like the story, then. So he gets worse. It gets worse. So he falls, and he hits his head. I'm opening a window. And they they uh, they have to get additional rescuers to come in. They pull out the dude that got knocked out by the rock arch, and then... Rescue is like, hey, buddy, you okay? You okay? We're going to get you out, you know? And then he can hear the kid, and the kid's, like, just kind of breathing shallow. And he's like, oh, shit. And he calls, like, a, like a medical person in. Uh-huh. And the medical person, by the time he got there, the kid had died. Oh, no. And I don't know why. I think it was the nature of how it was set up or something. But the way that that story ended, and I haven't done separate independent research about this but the way that that story ended was that they actually closed the nutty putty caves they sealed them and they never got that kid out that kid stayed there and there's like a memorial outside of where the entrance was to him that's essentially his tomb oh is my that cavern God. yeah you yeah. think they would have recovered the body i don't know why they couldn't but they they, they just they, they were just the way that it was angled or something they they felt like they weren't going to be able to to do it so how'd they know for sure that he was dead he could have just passed out they were just like is he dead hey. hello are you dead hey, and he didn't dead, say anything yeah, and they were like fucking seal the cavern yeah they were like you know what we're calling it a day yeah we've been so, here for like two hours so like my shift ended an hour ago <laughs> That poor kid. I know. I, I, it sparked an idea for a short story, and I don't want to talk about it on the show, but I I probably will bring it up to you. uh, Mm. Just because, I don't know, it is, it's one of those premises, like, you can't write that. Yeah. That, like, just, I, that fell in my lap, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, what an insane, what an insane story. Terrible. (sighs) But a lot of stuff like that on, on that channel. I, I was enjoying the content. 
the yeah. narrator has an interesting voice. Is there another story? Another one? Yeah, give me another one. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm trying to think of some good ones. Um, those are the most like intense yeah. ones. Those are the most like like holy shit kind of ones. This is why I don't go to like amusement parks or anything anymore. You know, I've been to a bunch. I've gone on a ton of rides. Everything's been fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times. But almost every single time I go to Six Flags, one of the rides is, like, broken down at some point. Nothing fatal from what I know. Right. But I'm like, it's all it takes, dude. It's just one thing to malfunction, and it's just a domino effect, and then everybody's dead. Yeah. One thing. It's all it takes. It's like, true. I sit there, dude. Like, when I get strapped into a roller coaster, I, like, I pull with, like, a lot of pressure there. I'm like, all right, make sure this is nice and secure. I'm like, this isn't going to break. But I'm like, I don't want to fall too hard because, like, <laughs> what yeah. if I do, like, loosen something up? I don't know. Not that I should be able to because right. I should be fucking strapped in there. Right, Like, right. I should not be able to get out of that thing unless yeah. it's released. I think I got I think I got the story. <clears throat> so, the story is that there's this park that all the high school kids would go to, uh, like, as a celebration for the graduation. All of the kids would go, Right. And there's this big, gigantic water slide, right? And the thing that they would always do was they would rush the entrance, right, to the water slide. And they would get a certain point of the way down. And then they would stick their hands and feet out and press against the side of the slide so that they stop. And the other people would come down. They'd do the same. So you'd wind up with the whole class, you know, like... Stuck in a water slide? Stuck in the water slide, right? And then they would let go and they would all slide down together. And it's tradition? For it's like a so? tradition. Gotcha. So, oh my god, this sounds awful. So they did that, right? And like the, the guard, the lifeguard that was on duty tried to stop them and they were like, fuck you, man! And they just pushed back to him and like, you know, are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the sunshine? Yeah. So they went down the fucking tube and they start doing that. And, you know, there's weight in the tube, and they're all pressing against it, mm-hmm. and then it cracked. Uh-oh. And the whole fucking side of the slide came off. Yeah. And, like, 60 kids just fell right out of the fucking thing. And how, was it a tall one? Yeah, it was, like, 60 feet. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, it was, it was like, I don't know exactly how this worked and I don't know, like it was a tradition and I, I don't know if it was like a very quiet area. So there weren't that many kids in the class or if it was just a certain number of students at a time would do it or like just a group of like extended friends would do it. But I think it was like 35 kids fell, 36 kids fell, 35 were injured. One was one one died. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Where was this? Ooh, that's gonna be harder. Uh, I'm trying to remember that just, story. Hold on, let me just Google some keywords. But yeah, it was. Yeah, Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty horrible. <clears throat> Might have been called like the bamboo, like slide, the bamboo bonsai slide, something. Water slide death cast shadow on summer tradition? Probably, yes. That's probably it. Does that look like the one that I did it with? No. Oh. Nope, different one. Different I did one. watch a video about that one too, though. Oh, okay. That, uh, 
was a dangerous slide that wasn't built to like the proper safety specs not kansas city right Mm, i don't think so yeah i don't know i i'll i'll find out i'll find out remind me next week and i'll I'll say it on the show yeah for sure um but yeah no fascinating horror it was it's been really fun listening to that just seeing what uh hearing about the horrible things that can can happen the terrible ways that people leave this earthly realm yeah <clears throat> pretty horrendous <laughs> I'm show a thousand ways to die I don't know how yeah. true those ways of people dying are but a lot of the a lot of the ways that the people die on a thousand ways to die are like deserved like you <laughs> you hooked a, car, a cow heart up to a car battery to do disgusting things with so you died that's what happened I think I found the article 20 really? years ago bodies came falling out of the sky of Concord Water Park that is 110% the place. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That is it. Cool. They call it clogging. Clogging. Like an artery. Yeah. And it bursts they the call artery. It clogging. Students have been doing it at their, at their senior outing for years. What no one stopped to consider. The slides where previous clogging events have been carried out were built to the side of a hill. There were no support issues. Slides are elevated in some sports. Class of 97, which had the largest clog in school history, that's why. They were right. hoping for 70 people, but they didn't get there, clearly. Yeah. About halfway. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Ah, <clears throat> oh, man. I think all of those kids should get a participation trophy. Yeah. At least for trying. Wow. What a horrible fucking story, though. Like, all like the things that I watch, I don't know why I watch them, but it's like... I don't know, like a, it's like watching a train wreck. Like yeah. you just you can't look away. I just was watching these little tiny snippet videos where it was like, here's what happened to these people, and like it could happen to you. You know, <laughs> fucking horrifying. Really bad. Sorry, this stuff was like fascinating. <laughs> right? Okay, I I don't feel as weird now. Yeah. Like at least like at least other people are interested in it. I don't know. It appeals to like some dark part. Of who I am, or some like it reminds me of that Tool song, "Vicarious." Vicariously, I live while the whole world dies. Oh, yeah. You know, like you just—it's not like you want to see those things, but you—you you are compelled to watch them when they are presented to you. You know, mm-hmm. weird, but <clears throat> crazy, crazy shit, man. All right, I think I'm done. Yeah, I think I've talked we'll, we'll talked it out. Um, we'll throw it a commercial, and then when we get back, we're going to go straight into the topic, which of course is preceded by me getting to ask my favorite question of the week. Hang in there, guys. Now, a quick word from our sister show, What's the Story? Well, it's a big week over on our sister show, What's the Story? Uh, We have an interview with Barrett Weddy, who happens to be a voice actor that you may have heard on shows like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, which is really cool. He was fun to have on and a laugh riot. Um, Also, we talk about writing your first draft of any story and what that's like and what you need to watch out for. And also, in an episode that's coming out today... Uh, We talk about editing your story and how to approach second drafts. So, yeah, three 
different What's the Story episodes for your listening pleasure. We hope to see you there. John, what the fuck are we talking about? Well, if you listened to last week's episode, I believe we talked about it on air, you'd know. Mm-hmm. But when you first brought it up, I was like, man, I don't know if I could finish all that between now and next week. But I finished all five seasons of Orphan Black. And wow. talk about it. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Every what did you think of waking it? moment outside of work, I just, I binged five seasons of Orphan Black. How was it? Uh, I've always wanted to start it. A, a to- what? You didn't watch it? I think we may have miscommunicated. Oh, fuck. God damn it. I hate it when this happens. It happens more often than not. We should have, like, 10 or 15 extra episodes, but, you know... I think you were going to watch a fucking show, an entire series. Well, I mean, when you say, well, let's talk about Orphan Black, what am I supposed to do? I didn't say Orphan Black! What did you say? I said said Orphan. Oh, fuck. It's a thriller film. It's about two hours long. Oh. Vera Farmiga is in it. I could have saved myself a lot of time. She's a beautiful woman. She is. She really is. Can we just turn this into a Vera Farmiga appreciation podcast? Yeah. Yeah. The mm. first time I, I, I saw Vera Farmiga was in Fates Motel. The really? T- the TV series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does good in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't blame Norman. Right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like... It's really, <laughs> it reminds me of the fucking... Jonah Hill joke from Superbad when he's talking to Evan about mm-hmm. Evan's mom and he's like, I am so jealous that you got to suck on those tits yeah, when you were a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. That's so, so funny. Oh, man. We got to do a Superbad episode one day. That's oh. like one of my favorite comedy movies. Yeah, we should. It's so funny. Take a deep dive into that. <sighs> yeah. Um, well, you're in luck because I've seen Orphan. Already, yes. So we, we, we can do the podcast. We awesome. can continue it. Good. And I will catch up on Orphan Black over the next two years. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is your first time seeing Orphan? Orphan? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've heard of it, and then when you brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. I've never seen it. But I watched it. I actually watched it this morning. I yeah. got up early, and that's what set me behind. I was a little bit longer than huh. I thought. I'm like, oh, I was like an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, it's two hours. But yeah. That's okay. No biggie. That's okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I saw Orphan a long time ago. When it first came out, I was way the fuck up in Maine, like on the Canadian border. And Orphan had come out, and I was like, I want to watch that movie. So I went, and I sat down and watched it. And I really didn't know much about it, except that, like, I like Vera. Um, I had seen her in, like, I think I saw her in The Departed before that. A she's, couple of other oh, places. She? Oh. Yeah, she's like the psychiatrist oh, okay. that uh, DiCaprio's seeing and that Matt Damon is dating. So I, I, I had already liked her. And then uh, Peter Sarsgaard, the husband, I've always thought he was really good. And uh, just the premise of the movie, it's like those good old-fashioned, like the good son, you know what I mean, bad seed, yeah. that type of thing. It's always an interesting premise. It didn't go the way I thought it was. Yeah. What I thought of the movie beforehand, not yep. knowing what exactly what it's about, but we'll get into all that. Yeah. Um, so, first, first looks, just generally speaking, uh, what what did you think of it? Overall, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. It got bad reviews. Yeah, it yeah. did. <laughs> it did. 
and I was wondering if maybe my opinion of it was, uh, like, stilted somehow, but, like, because I was younger when I saw it, so maybe I wasn't being as critical of it. I saw the moments where I'm like, okay, that's kitschy. Yeah. So, like, okay, I was gonna say, she's, it has its flaws. She sure. has a deaf daughter, and she just happens to be a musical composer. What are the odds? You know what I mean? It's like one of those like really crafted, like, yeah. you know, like, okay, Jesus Christ, you know? Um, so that was a little bit weird. And I always think it's funny, like the amount of, um, it seems like bad things befall creative people in horror stories. Like it's always this thing, like he's some type of, they don't show exactly what he's working on, but he has a drafting table and he's drawing and he has Esther at one point. He says, like, how about, you know, you skip school and you can come draw with me. So I don't know what he's doing. But he's involved in some type of arts. Might be architecture, mm-hmm. you know, which kind of, like, stretches it. That becomes almost like you're an engineer. But uh, that and, and her being somehow involved in composing music, which they never really fully get into what that is either, um, what her job is. But I felt like... Uh, I, I always think it's interesting, like, you don't feel like a blue-collar family ever has, like, a horror story happens to them. Yeah. They always make it seem like everything else in their life is perfect, except for this one little child, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, I mean, we get the blue-collar families, that's just how the kids are anyway. It's not a horror story, it's a documentary. They, they would, yeah. <laughs> they would bring it to a therapist, they'd get the belt out, and be like... Damn it, Dale! (laughs) Boom! Jesus. I'm, you know, I I always felt that Daryl was too hard on Dale, and I'm glad that Donna just recorded him getting eaten by that bear. (laughs) All the names that we're making up, they're all D names. Don't know why. It's the way it's going. It's just the way it's going. Um, No, that was... Sorry if I offended any blue-collar people out there. What blue-collar? Listen, I've gotten the the, the plastic bats, the belts, the shoes, whatever was in the reach. Oh, no. I've gotten it, all right? I can can make the joke. I've lived it. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sad now. Don't be sad. All right. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... What do you think of the, the like, the opening scene has them going to the hospital mm. and everything and, like, oh, my wife's in labor. We're here to see Dr. Wheeler. And they put Vera Farmiga in the wheelchair and start wearing her down and then things take a turn. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, kind of a strong scene right out the beginning. I don't know. I'm, like, it's like, I don't want to, like, watch all this. There's a lot of blood. There's all this going on. There's like suction tubes and all this. Hey, there's all this bloody stuff here. Like, they're not shy about the gore. No. especially and It's funny scenes. because it's front-loaded, too. And they're like, here's a fucking baby just covered in complete blood. Like, uh, like, yeah. Clean that shit off before you give it to me. Yeah. Like, give it a minute, dude. Uh, you know, I don't know, power wash the thing. That was a, um... <laughs> power wash. <Yeah. laughs> the baby comes out of this hole, and it just <laughs> blast it. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but you're really sick, you know that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, that 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 sequence. I remember like the movie starting, and it's like, all right, cool. Here's the exposition and stuff, and like the way that that ramps up, it just is like, Jesus mm. Christ. Uh, it turns out to be like a nightmare that she's having, like a like a post traumatic stress induced nightmare because she she did lose a child, um, and uh, lose a child in that way. But just the way that that was directed, so uh, like it feels like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really has that quality where like the way that people are are moving and, and reacting the, the nurse that's by her side the way that she like smiles at her it's like really creepy and I like too the the displacement of like the husband where it's like he's both the, the husband in the operating room but he's also definitely the fucking surgeon yep. you know what I mean like that's cool um very, very just a just a well done scene hell of a way to open a movie though yeah very gory and very like I said it's front loaded I don't feel like the rest of the movie feels as uh bloody gory as that mm-hmm. did you know yeah sets the fucking tone for, for the rest sure. of the movie but what I did think was weird about this one so the movie obviously called The Orphan we know that this is going to revolve around someone that they adopt right. and you know that's where, like the real threat's going to be but before they even adopt um Esther, mm-hmm. which ends up being the person that they go and they meet, but we'll get into that, whatever. Yeah. It seems like they try and, like, they filmed it in a way of, like, there's danger and, you know, be you should be on edge. And, like, they have, they're trying, like, it was like a jump scare of, like, when she closes the mirror and the husband's right there. And it's like, you haven't even introduced a threat yet. Why, like, what am I going to be scared of? What are you trying to scare me with? I yeah. Don't know. I felt like there was no threat yet. There's nothing creepy or horrific about this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you had that first nightmare, but that wasn't like. Right. I don't know. I felt like there were, you know, how you like that movie Sinister with like, you know, like, ooh, everything's creepy. And it's yeah. like, you know, there's like something out there that's going to like murder someone. I didn't feel like there were any threats. So I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to do to me here. Like, I'm relaxed. I'm fine. Right. I'm not scared. I'm yeah. on edge. These little jump scares aren't going to fucking work. That's interesting. I wonder if. I wonder if you would have I wonder what it would have played like if you had shot the beginning of the movie completely different than you did the rest like mm. if you made it so that when Esther shows up then you start getting that like more creepy thing like they kind of lean into it more when she's there yeah but which they did and like you know that makes sense it's like okay now we know like like there's the threat or a potential threat like right. we don't know much about her like but we know something's gonna happen so to kind of film it that way makes sense, but before that, I'm like, why are you like creeping up like something's like watching, you know, with creeping up behind Vera for me, yeah. and you know she's in the fucking yeah in the bathroom. I'm like, I don't know. That was just like one little quirk I had with the movie in the beginning. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's interesting. I, I do like I wonder. I'm trying to imagine the direction because you'd either. Shoot the beginning, like, you know, like, calm cinematography, you know, and mm-hmm. and do it that way. And then you have Esther show up and you immediately transition. Or you continue shooting the early parts of this horror story in that calm, easygoing manner. And then as you start to see that there is something not right with yeah. Esther, 
you start to see the camera moves get a little bit more mm-hmm. dangerous, you know, a little bit more mysterious, a little bit creepier. Yeah. You know? I mean, this was even before they adopted her, so it was like, yeah. what, what's going on here? I feel like it would be cool to, to do that, like have the, the language that you're using to film actually change with how much you learn about who Esther is, mm-hmm. you know, until some inciting moment. I have one in my head that I know where the transition should probably happen, where you start shooting it like a traditional horror movie. Um, but I'll, I'll, well, I'll throw it out. It, it's the uh, the scene with the nun. Uh, when the nun comes to visit and then oh. tries to leave. Uh, I, I feel you were like. say that. The pigeon scene. No, I mean, you can start to incorporate the horror mm. there, but I feel like you wouldn't full blown change the cinematography until that scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can see that. Um, because I think the pigeon scene is basically you're like, okay, so something is not something's not right with her, but I don't know what. And then when you see yeah. the nun scene, it's like, oh, I know what's wrong with her. She's yeah. fucking crazy. I mean, you don't know? get me wrong. I was on her side at that pigeon scene. Yeah. I, well, yeah, so. But, let's, like, the fluidity of it is what's concerning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, so let's, yeah, let's we're, go through we're, this. We're so, going at, we can uh, go all the way back and then get yeah. to that. I don't know. So. going to go in order here. We'll go. They go to the orphanage. It's there's been a lot of like hemming and hemming and hawing. Like they don't know whether to do it, and she doesn't know if she's ready to do it. Um, because you know, obviously, they've been through this this very emotional loss, um, this very emotional loss, um, the stillborn baby. So <coughs> they're um, you know they're trying to work out what this is going to look like as they approach it, you know? They wind up eventually going to the orphanage, and it's the father, John, right? Is his name John? What the fuck is his name? I don't think it's... Peter. No, it's not John, is it? Peter Sarsgaard played... Vera Farmiga. I was trying to keep track of it, because I always do this. I always fuck up the names. Me too. I, remember, I was like, I, I was like, all right, I gotta remember the kids' names. It's es- Esther, Danny, and Max. And right? Max, yeah. Right? yeah. Max is the girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Daniel, Daniel, Kate. Yeah, it is John. John Coleman. Kate and, and John. Okay, so it's John that hears a girl singing, and he walks to the opening of a door. He looks in, and it's like it seems like it's some type of classroom. There's a girl just sitting painting, and he opts not to bother her and starts to walk away, and as he starts to walk away, he hears, hello, and she stops singing, and already you're like, huh. Because she didn't look back at him. Yeah, she like, how did she know she that he was the there? Like, there's already, like, something weird about her. Um, so, at that point, he's like, okay, well, I'll go and sit down and talk with her, and they have a conversation. She's talking about... A mama lion that lost her cubs is what she's drawing, mm-hmm. what she's painting, and she has like this beautiful little story to go with it. And he's immediately impressed with her. It's like, oh wow, like this girl, like she's doing art. I think he must have some type of connection to art. They never show what he fucking was working on, but it seems like that was the thing that was like a kind of impressive to her. And also, I feel like 
I don't. It, it, I, it's one of those coincidental things, but it's almost like she's playing to her crowd. Like the father is involved with the arts, and the mother does music. So I'm singing while I'm painting. Like I'm a perfect match. Yeah. For your family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, like Esther was able to do research about who was coming in or something, but. Yeah. <clears throat> um. That would be interesting to find out, actually. If, mm-hmm. if I don't know what type of information they would take for, <clears throat> like a preliminary visit to like an orphanage, you know, to adopt. Like, would they want to know all that information? Like, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, I don't know because like, I'm like watching this and I'm thinking about the process of adopting a child, and it's like you're trying to sell yourself, like you're trying to find a kid. That you know you're gonna to want to bring it to your family, but like you're also gonna kind of gotta sell yourself to the kid too. You know it needs to be like a mutual right. agreement type thing. So I'd imagine that, I mean at least at some point in the process, like that kid has to know a lot about you too. Like there's got to be something like, hey, this is what like your parents do. I don't know. It's so yeah. like weird going in. You know, being you know, like picture being a kid in an orphanage, and yeah. you got people coming in, and it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like I'd hate anybody that walks through there because like, I'd feel like I'd have to be competing to yes. get chosen yeah, yeah and it's just like a like, I, I can't imagine what it would be like well, to I, be a child in an orphanage I like maybe this is a bad comparison but like every time I see like the the pet store you know what I mean and like you see the the little puppies and everything it's fucking heartbreaking mm-hmm. like all they want is somebody to love them yeah. and like make them feel like they matter and it's just a non-stop slew of faces walking by and like, oh, look at the puppy, and leaving and not yeah. coming back. And like, that, that, the psychological fucking component to that type of thing and like the, you would have so much work to do in building up a child's self-esteem after that type of scenario. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, if, if it's been person after person after person just coming in and yeah, like not picking you yeah, like that's exactly. fucking horrible that's mm-hmm. like just the, the worst fate mm-hmm. you know um hey but we should be forcing women to have kids that they don't want so we can throw them in orphanages and that's what I, I understand that and... that's something that John's really passionate about <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry not at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry I was like throwing you under the bus um yeah, no, I uh, I feel like, I do, I feel like it's almost like a barbaric practice, and that, like, like, I mean, the, it's, it's like, what a complicated fucking issue, because those kids would need some place to be, mm-hmm. you know, and if they don't have adoptive parents, then it's like, well, that's why they have an orphanage, but then the process of, like, being adopted is fucking crazy. You know, that's like, it's, it's just such a, it's a sad, it's a very vulnerable place. Yeah. It's a very vulnerable place and there's no right answer to how to, how to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Damn. That got somber, man. I know, I'm, I'm really sorry. Sad. I, it was just something I was thinking about when I was watching this and like that I process know. going in there to like pick a kid too, you know? How do you choose, how do you choose a kid? I don't know. It's so weird. It must be like it must be what that was like a conversation that it's like wow like you're interesting mm-hmm. and you know polite and everything and like 
like maybe they are showing off a town. Esther's the only kid in that orphanage that is doing something. Mm-hmm. All the other kids are just running around like crazy people. Hiding. You're not going to get picked. Yeah. You're not going to get picked. Settle out. down. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't get picked if I was in an orphanage. <laughs> you just I would not get picked. I am not the ideal kid. No. Yeah, adopt uh, potential adoptive parents are coming to the orphanage today, so everyone be on your rowdiest behavior. <laughs> you know, like it is a, it, it, like you just you're there to like try to see if you want to adopt a kid and like they're coloring on the walls. One of them peed in the corner. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to pick those kids. Esther is sitting quiet. Well, she's not sitting quiet. She's singing mm-hmm. quite nicely and creating beautiful art. So obviously, they wind up going with Esther. I don't know. Did you get a sense in that first scene that the uh, the nun was scared already? She gave yeah. them a look while they were approaching her and uh-huh. talking to her that I thought that she already knew yeah, that there I was something too. up with Esther. And then it comes way later in the movie that she's like, well, I found out some information about Esther. Yeah. You know? I was going to bring that up, too. I like, <sighs> she seems like she knows this is a problem child. And she's just, like, being like, yeah, fucking yeah, take get her it, out take of here. It, take her, you yeah. know? Yeah. But that um, wasn't the case. That was weird. Yeah, it was a strange... There was one shot of, of her that it just seemed like she was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, and then, like, the very next scene, she's talking great about her. You know? Like, she's like, oh, Esther is a very, very lovely, well-mannered girl. And you don't get the sense that she's bullshitting, you know? Like, because later on, she does seem really genuinely like, oh, I found out some things, you mm-hmm. know? Very strange. They bring Esther home. Esther immediately is taking, like, an interest in uh, being part of the family. So she's, like, teaching herself how to sign so that she can talk to the deaf uh, sister that she's going to have. Um, And Danny is a little shit. Immediately. (sighs) Yeah. bitch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't like Danny. (laughs) No, I didn't either. You know, like... uh, I was team Esther for, like, the first half of this movie. I was like, I I get it. Like, she's coming into a home, and her new potential stepbrother is just being a fucking little shit. And yeah. And she gets picked on at school, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good, fucking burn them all to the ground. And then you find out, you know, we'll get this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, all right, well, you know, not, not so much team Esther anymore. But, we we do, we will have team Esther shirts available yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to make that a thing. This is like the new Twilight. Yeah. Uh, this came, movie came out over ten years ago, and it's just way past that. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I think Twilight came out before that. Anyway. Yeah, um, it don't matter. Whatever. It's all it's all a jumble now. But, yeah, so that scene where, like, they're giving Esther presents, and, like, the kid, Danny's playing guitar here with his friends. Yeah, he, like, Dad, look it. at me. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, and then he's like, Dad, Dad, look, I'm, I'm, ki- I'm kicking Trevor's ass. And his dad's like, yeah, that's cool. And then he turns around, and then the look on his face is just like, he's just so sick of his shit. He's like, he's just always, like, bugging me to show me this dumb shit that he's doing. And it's like, my son's a failure, and I'm tired of it. I don't, don't want to watch him fucking lick glass anymore. I get it. He just has this look on his face like he's just done. Yeah. He's well, like, you gotta keep calling me to show me dumb shit, dude. Like, I feel like the, the father-son relationship is one that, uh, it's always 
fairly contentious. I mean, I feel like there's a there's like almost like a mythological story about like a father and a son that get along, and it's like I don't necessarily believe it. <laughs> I just I've never heard that in real life. It's in a lot of movies. It's funny because I. When I was younger, I'd be playing, like, Madden, you know, like, the old football games, whatever. And I'd be like, Dad, come watch what I just did. And he'd do the same thing, like, ah, cool, and then just go back doing what he's doing. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm nine years old. This is the extent of my abilities. (laughs) Just be proud of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's it's a strange... It's it's hard. It's a hard thing. I, I, I think that, uh... I think that fathers sometimes, like, uh, they just want their kid to be, like, better than they were or something in in their definition of what better is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I think that, like, I, I, you know what, like, I feel like most father-son relations are like Hank and Bobby on King of the Hill, where it's like, I don't relate to him. I just don't. Like, he's, like happy that he bedazzled the cape and I want him to learn how to make a birdhouse. This is not a working relationship. You know, like, this is not something that will ever work. Um, so I feel like there's a little bit of that in the Peter Sarsgaard performance where he's just like, yeah, yeah great, guitar hero, excellent. Yeah. Play a, an actual guitar. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> do, do something valuable, you know. Um, or, like, actually beat up Trevor. Yeah. Like, don't metaphorically beat his ass in Guitar Hero, you know. Actually beat beat Trevor up. I don't like that kid. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, little did he know, you know, ten years later we got eSports where people got paid millions of dollars to whoop ass in video games. You know what's amazing? So your son could have been on his path to doing something that he loved, getting fucking paid. You stamped him out. And you fucking stamped him out. Uh, did you ever see the Patton Oswalt bit? You watch his stand-up? Uh, whatever you showed me, but I haven't really seen anything okay. like that. There's a Patton Oswalt bit that I always loved, but he was like, he was like, I saw, I, I'm going to butcher it. I'll try to tell it. But <clears throat> he was like, I saw, I went to Disneyland and I saw how they keep themselves in business. You know, like I figured it out. They have this thing that it's, um you know, the cave of your soul animal or something, right? And he's like, and you go in and you stand on this pad and then on the screen in front of you, you'll see what your spirit animal is, right? So, like, a kid would stand there and it'd be like, Wolf, you are a strong leader, you know what I mean? And, and you know, uh, it would say, Bear, you are, you know, ferocious, you know, and... and you know, it'd show uh, Fox, you were cunning, you know, all these things, you know, that would build you up, right? And then I saw a kid step onto it, and it said, you are a skunk. <laughs> and everybody pointed and laughed at the kid, and I was like, that's how they get their artists. Yeah. Like, that's how they do it. <laughs> like, they're literally generating artists yeah. with this with this contraption, you know? But it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know why I got there, though. Why, why did I bring this up? Why the fuck did I say this? I have no it's idea. a funny, funny bit of stand-up, but I don't know where I was going with that yeah. that entire thought. 
Well, I was talking about um, <laughs> the kid, you know, was playing games, and it's like, in the, yes. you know, in the future, it's like, we have eSports e- now, and people get paid to do, like, you know, play video games and mm-hmm. stream and all that stuff. Yeah, so I think I was kind of thinking about, uh, like, the nature of, like, you know, getting getting trampled by, you know, getting your ego trampled, Yeah. you know? But it is funny, like, the, the way that the, um, the way that that, like, economy has changed. Because I think there was a point where playing a video game for hours on end, getting really good at a video game. And I, I, I'm guilty of this myself. Like, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can play a video game better than somebody else. And I'm like, that'll really help you. Good job. But at the same time, it's like, no, there are, like, YouTube channels. Again, I watch a lot of YouTube channels. And some of the ones I watch are video game, you know, playthroughs. Mm-hmm. They make money. There are people that do, like, competitive video game things. Mm-hmm. They make money. You know, it is. It's it's something that not long ago did not exist. And now it does. It's like another job that you could potentially have. It didn't exist when I was really good at video games. And now it exists when all the 14-year-olds get Xboxes for Christmas and their little fucking sharp, spongy minds and their fast reflexes just fucking... <laughs> I, I'm no match for it. No, I am no match smoked. for it. I get fucking destroyed. Yeah. Dude, I get fucking wrecked. They're like, way to go, loser. Ha, 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 fuck you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm in poor health. I've been drinking for years. <laughs> My fucking reaction time is slowly, you know, going down. And I just want to go on, just, you know, de-stress. And, like, these little 14-year-olds have these sharp, clear minds because they haven't done any drugs or alcohol. Or, like, Calling your names. Fucking, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's horrible. Psychological warfare. It gets to me. I'm sensitive. It's demoralizing. It really is. And then it, that hinders my performance. And it's just... Hmm. I'll never make it in esports, man. I just... I, I fucking believe in you. I believe that you can turn this around. You I'm just got to get back just, into training. You know what? I just gotta, yeah, I just got to quit my job yeah. and then just play video games all fucking day. You got to let Haley let you stick a, a frozen rack of beef rib, like, off the ceiling so that you can box it like oh. Rocky. You got to pull a car through the snow, which is almost the season yeah, for that. that. You know? Yeah. You got to do something to fortify your thumbs. Gonna make your thumbs more agile. Thumb wrestling. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Dude. Just fucking I think you I think I think you I can, can do it. it. I really do. I really think that you know what? I'm just gonna text my boss right now. <coughs> just tell him no. I'm leaving this fucking job. I'm all set. And I'm going to stream. No, I'm just kidding. And then you're gonna be like, Hey dad, look, I'm kicking Trevor's ass and making money <laughs> yeah. and your dad's gonna be like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh yeah, so yeah, chilly reception from him uh, and Esther, you know, like, <coughs> he blatantly doesn't want an adopted sister. And he's getting heat from his friends because she's weird. She's strange. She yeah. has a different. very specific way that she dresses and she's got ribbons on her wrists and on her neck. She's and quote unquote from Russia. <coughs> yeah, yeah, that that's another one that's like, you know, kind of, uh, not, you know, it's not, it's just like a, the, the, the increased sense of the other, you know what I mean? She's not really from around here, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that quality to her as well. Her and Max get on pretty well, pretty quickly though. Like Max is young enough that I don't think she has very many 
preconceived notions about people, and she's just excited that she has a sister. Yeah. Also, before they went to get Esther, can I just say, it's been a while since I watched that fucking movie. Yeah. When she, oh man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get upset again. Reading the story. When she, when when Kate is putting her to bed and she picks out the book, and she's excited, and you can see that it, like it's something that like she really loves to hear. Mm-hmm. But poor Kate, having to read this yeah. fucking story, it's basically like a, a children's story for if. Uh, a child is waiting on a little brother or sister and the little brother or sister dies in childbirth. It's a, it's a children's story, uh, that explains the situation and tries to reframe it in a, uh, you know, in a, in a manner that is maybe a little bit, it, it, it it has, it's like almost like a silver lining type story where it's like my my little brother or sister got to go to heaven you know, I'm mm-hmm. sad that I didn't get to meet them first and everything. I was fucking, I was so upset last night. I watched it last night, yeah. and, like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, I am really fucking emotional with this scene. I didn't remember it having that punch when I saw it before. Yeah, that was a tough one. But holy shit, and, like, that that must be, like, its own unique hell, like, for a parent, like, having to having to explain that to a child and and then you want to show them that it's not unusual right so it's like okay let's get this book that way like it's relatable for what this little girl went through but then it's like that little girl wants to hear that story and it's like the way that max pulled that book so enthusiastically off the shelf it's like oh like this is something that she really loves Mm -hmm. so the Poor Kate has to do this every night. Like, yeah, she's like, not head. tonight. Like, clearly it's not the first time she's asked her to yeah. read that book. Oh, man. And she's like, I'm just not doing it tonight. Kate, former alcoholic, has been sober yes. for about a year at that point. Yeah. You know, has had her issues, clearly, with the miscarriage. It's it's done its, uh, it's ran its course. Yeah. And just kind of wore her down. And she's trying to substance abuse. And she, um, she didn't go to AA. She just quit, like, cold turkey. Yeah. And, like, you know, she sees a therapist and she talks about it. She's like, oh, I picked up some wine, you know, just in case we had extra guests, blah, blah, blah. Like, the temptation is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she has it, but she hasn't drank any of it. And, yeah. like, that's a big that's a big part of the story there. Yeah. Because as everything unfolds, we'll see how this kind of works out there. But, yeah. you know, um, so right away, Max and just is excited to meet Esther. Everything Esther does is very calculated. Yeah. Like, she's done this. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, Esther swats into the family pretty well. I mean, I feel like in the beginning, it's like she's making friends with Max. I feel like she's very sweet with Kate. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, John gets on with her, you know, the same way that he gets on with his own kids. He's like, just happy to have her around and it's all good um but as the story starts to progress we start to see more uh of these little like fractures and fault lines Mm -hmm. in esther and i like the way that this movie ramps up because it's kind of a slow build up to where we're going and i remember watching it the first time 
like in that slow ramp up and and I got to a point where I was like it wasn't who is Esther it was what is Esther because I was like is she like a demon or something that's the impression that's that's what the expectation I had going into this movie right was that she was some sort of supernatural figure yeah so and I was waiting for it. I was, you know, see her get picked on. I'm waiting for her to like her eyes to kind of beam a little red, like a carry girl's head explode or something. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was like the like early on. She's you know getting picked on at school, and her brother is fucking participating. He knocks a book out of her hands, and she's trying to pick up the pieces. I want my friends um, to think I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. So go back to Transylvania. <laughs> so she's trying to pick up the pieces, and then a girl. How did this start? Oh, she asked her if it was a Bible. Yeah. And she was making fun of her for that. And then she noted, like, the ribbon on her neck and, like, referred to it as a collar and called her, like, a doggy. And then she went to remove it. And it was said early on in the movie by the nun that uh, that Esther always wears those ribbons on her neck and on her wrists. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this little girl went to grab it, they have this wicked fucking cool shot of Esther turning around and screaming. Yeah. And the way that that, like, camera move works, like, I don't know exactly how they achieved that, but it's so interesting looking. Like, it's like this weird shaking thing, but you're also kind of locked on to Esther's face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very odd. Um, but I love that shot. Such a great moment. And uh, that kind of, like, that to me feels like the earliest bit of like her really acting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we see the brother, right? Daniel. This is the pigeon scene, right? Does the pigeon scene happen like between that outburst and the day at the playground? Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel is like. He has a paintball gun, and he's out, and he, like, I don't know, like, little boys are fucking assholes sometimes, like... Yeah, he was shooting his little toy figures, and then... Yeah, he's shooting his toy figures, and then there was, like, a a pigeon that landed, and he, like, took aim at it, Mm -hmm. and he shot the pigeon with the paintball gun, immediately was like, oh, wait... And then walked over to it, and it's, like, on the ground, like, fucking, like, twitching. Twitching, yeah, it's not dead. I'm like, God, fuck. Dude, I... I don't know. Did you ever do anything like that when you were little? There's always the story about the kid that had the BB gun, and he shot, like... Would shoot the neighborhood cats or something? Yeah, and then be, like... Like, sometimes would be remorseful, or sometimes would be, like, Ooh, this feels good. What's bigger that I can kill? And then turns into a serial killer. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But yeah, like, I never. I ne- yeah. Went and hunted the neighborhood animals. I always got upset, like even mm-hmm. like. Like I, I remember very specifically a mosquito biting me, and I felt bad about killing the mosquito. I was oh. like, <gasps> and I like blew it off of me because I didn't want to hurt anything. Yeah. And that ship sailed. Now I want to hurt everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never give a fuck about mosquitoes. No. Like, you're done. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm. Um, I always, I, I never had that like that that formative experience where I made like a mistake like that that was like lethal you know yeah. that cost something its life I never did that mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't know it's it's one of those ugly things that you hear about 
it's it's a classic story. Like it, it is something that has existed, and it is something that's real. I think it was a lot more realistic. I, I think it I think it occurred more further back in time, like my dad's era. Mm-hmm. There was probably more kids that like, oh, I got a BB gun. Can't wait to use it on something. Don't yeah. care what, you know. Well, like <clears throat> the Ash, the cat I have now. Um, I think its mother was shot in the head with a BB gun. Like, it came back, got it from one of our friends. They had a litter of kittens or whatever. He's like, yeah, that cat, like, just walked over, and it was just limping. There was a BB gun, a BB lodged in its head, and, you know, oh. we thought it was going to die, but it ended up surviving, and... That's fucking yeah, horrible. Yeah, people just shooting the neighborhood cats. It's fucking... It's awful. People just, like... I don't know who these people are. Like, this yeah. is so fucking gross to me. Know. It's fucked up. Ugh. But yeah, yeah, so we have Esther and uh, Max walk over, and yeah. she's, Esther's like, "It's suffering." Hands him a rock. It's like you need to put it out of its misery. You know, you did this. You're responsible. And he's like, yeah. no, "No, I'm not gonna do it." No. And then she was like, "All right, well, I will." And it's just like, <clears throat> I get the sentiment of putting something out of its misery. Like he shot the BB gun. It's gonna die. Like, kill it so it doesn't suffer and starve to death. And but the way she does it. It's just so, like, fluid, like, so natural where she's just, like, wouldn't have cared if it was injured or not. No hesitation. And the way she just, just, bam. And then he's like, you're sick. And then, like, runs away. And I'm like, you did you it. fucking shot it. It was dying anyways. Yeah. Because of what you did. Yeah. Like, you fucking shot it. It's just a paintball. But I didn't think that it would hurt it. And I'm like, that kid, have you been shot by a paintball gun before? It fucking hurts. I have not. It hurts. And I remember somebody that I used to... I wasn't friends with. But I remember somebody that, like, I had to spend time with because of school. Uh, talked about how he would freeze his paintballs. Oh, I said hurt more? I was like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? That so, is so fucked up. Uh, you know, I grew up hanging out with older kids. You know, my brother's older, so yeah. the neighborhood kids were, like, two, three years older. Hang on, my cousin Steve, his friends were a little bit older, so like they'd all get in the paintball, paintballing and stuff. And then the first time I went, I got a paintball gun. And I'm like, all right, cool. And they're like, oh, you've never been before. And they're like, all right, like you know, just so you know what to expect, like just like run out there and like uh, no, we'll just shoot you in the back so you know what it feels like, whatever. And me being a dumb naive kid, I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And like you know, you don't want to see it coming or whatever. So I start running, and then like six or seven kids just stop, boom, 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 light me up, dude, welts all over my body. And I'm like, so I don't fucking trust people. Because when I was yeah. a kid, people just fuck with you like that. Yeah, that's it horrible. Hurts. It hurts. <clears throat> These bruises, welts. So shooting a pigeon with a paintball gun. Yeah, you can't imagine, right? They got fragile bones. Mm. Yeah. The the <clears throat> I remember. Um, well, I mean, this person kind of has listened to the show, so I, 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 I'll bring this up, and they might get a kick out of it, but I do remember uh, Jordan Marchese's brother shot fireworks at us one time, which was kind <laughs> of interesting. We had to duck and cover behind cars. Roman candles? Is that what they were shooting at you? Yeah, but also some that I think exploded, if yeah. I remember right. Like, like real deal. Yeah, yeah. Did not give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Crazy. Um. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so we see Esther do that, and we now know that Esther is capable of some amount of savagery, right? Yeah. And then there's a scene 
where she's at the playground. And this is, like... I like the kind of, like, layered things that are happening in a lot of this movie because there's several different story arcs that we're kind of seeing play out Mm -hmm. and we're learning things about characters in the right way. I I hate when exposition feels like exposition and I love when plot... Like, they hold the cards, they wait, and then you see plot points come come up and you're like, oh, that's character revealing. So, I liked how... John's there, he's pushing Max on the swing, and then some woman comes over to him and starts talking to him and basically is saying, basically saying, like, let's, uh, she's asking for help with something, you know, but it's very coded. The way they film it, immediately you know something's up. Like, you have this sexual tension between the two. You feel the two has had a pass, and the way Esther keeps it, like, she notices it. She's looking, yeah, Yeah. she she recognizes it. And I was like, oh, so Esther's here, and she's just, like, digging up all the dirty laundry, kind of calling people on the shit, and I'm like, all right, Right. you know, again, this is, like, I think at this point I was still... Yeah. Team Esther here, and I'm like, something's going on between those two, and I, you know, she's just like, I think she's, she's hey, like, can husband. you help me move a couch by yeah. fucking me on it? Yeah, you know, like she's it's like, very me so hard that the couch moves yeah. to where I want it to be, and then she's like, oh, I changed my mind. I don't want the couch in the dining room. Move it back. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what the plan is, and I like John's. You know, it's the it's the things that you don't say, right? So like John's reaction to her was. Oh yeah, maybe Kate and I can come over and help you. Mm-hmm. So it's like he wants to make sure that she understands that if anything is going to happen, it's going to be a threesome. Yes. Which I feel like that's a strong move, and I support it. Power move. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like you can do that. I feel like you, you know you gotta you gotta put the cards on the table in the right orientation. You yep. make sure that everybody knows the score. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> so, anyways, so that scene ends there was this weird shot where max was on the swing and john's pushing her right and this this lady i'll use that term this lady has left right and esther while she's paying attention to them she's also paying attention to that girl that was giving her a hard time about her dog collar right Mm -hmm. uh who's also at the park and so she's watching both happen right and then at a certain point we lock into the perspective of this little girl and she turns to where they were and the swings are empty and it was it's like within one shot like the lady leaving and john still pushing max and then that little girl turning and the swing set is empty and i feel like they they realized it in editing or something and they threw in this like throwaway shot of john he was still blatantly like the camera was still blatantly set up at the swing set Mm -hmm. and he's starting to walk away and light a cigarette yeah right probably to calm his nerves because he's like i almost i almost banged that lady um so they throw that in there so that it doesn't seem as strange but it's still a really quick moment you just like it's like they just disappeared out of that shot they're gone it's one thing if it was just esther there Uh but it was like her it was john and max as well yeah i'm like they all just decided to be like huddle huddle up one two three break yeah go yeah (laughs) um so that scene's pretty cool i like the we walk into the little girl's perspective and we're like following along with her 
they kind of do some jump scary things with the audio. Like all of a sudden there's like a rush of kids and it's real loud, you know? Um, and I'm never a big fan of that. I feel like you, you don't need it, you know, just to let the scene play out, you know? Um, but this little girl gets to like the edge of a slide and she's like looking out over the thing and all of a sudden from behind her you just hear like ah! and you see Esther like run out of the darkness of like the big it's like one of those wooden old yeah. style playgrounds so she like runs out of the darkness and she just fucking pushes this girl and like on the like you hear the girl scream and on the way down you see the way that her like leg catches the fucking slide and just snaps it uh-huh. and that's it you know she's out of the game um and Max watches this all happen. Yeah, Max sees it. And later that night at dinner, they're like, oh, blah, 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 his parents said you pushed her. And Max is like, no, I didn't. And they're like, yeah. Max, did you see anything? And Max is just like in sign language, just like, the bitch slipped. I'm like, damn. Those exact words. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a ride or die right there. Yeah. Well, I think Max is... Max is an interesting character, right? Because it's like she recognizes, like, at first it's like, oh yeah, Esther, Esther, yay, yay, yay. But then I I think she recognizes almost before anybody else that, like, Esther is dangerous. Mm. Like, Esther is somebody you don't want to fuck with. And And she's doing it out of fear. Yeah, and it's just like, all right, cool. Like, nope, whatever Esther said is what happened. Yeah. You know, 100%, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that. That sequence, uh, well, I guess that's another point where you could say, like, you understand, like, oh, like, so we see that Esther's capable of violence, and now we've seen that Esther's capable of violence towards people. Uh-huh. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a broken leg. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, well. From someone that know. was, humi- who humiliated her. Right. So, so, like, I see how it got to that point, so. Yeah. And also, it's not. But it was a little drastic. It is, it is drastic, yeah. So, it's always, like, a struggle to, like, remember order of events. But, like, basically, Esther winds up telling Kate that John was hitting on that lady. And then you oh, find yeah. out things about uh, their past. And essentially, if I'm tracking this right, so, if, I, if I'm putting this all together, they tried to have uh, another baby. Right? And she miscarries. Then she... Oh, no, no. No. Yeah. She miscarries, right? And then she starts drinking. And I don't know how far back they had tried to have the baby, but it was far... It was... It wasn't so long ago because Max is still very young and they mm-hmm. still had to really explain what happened to her. So she was old enough to know that something had gone wrong. Yeah. Right? Um, so I would say that it was probably within two years. And in that scene, you find out that Peter Sarsgaard's character like told her about an affair that he had had ten years ago. But he had only told her about that two, two years, years ago. ago. So I'm like, hold on a second. You, your wife miscarried a baby and then you were like, hey, I know this might be a bad time. Yeah. But I cheated on you ten years ago. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's messed up. If I'm charting that right, like, that's, that's dirty. Like, why? So then she winds up drinking because, like, yeah, 
Of course you would. You find out your husband cheated on you, you're miscarried. I get it. It's terrible. So then... Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's fucked. So their their relationship's getting more strained, and you know, she's getting more and more certain that something is is wrong with Esther. The way that Esther acts, the way that Esther is, um, and then almost like confirming her suspicions is the sister from the orphanage showing up and talking to them and saying like, I've uncovered some things about Esther, and basically. We had known that Esther had a previous foster family, uh, and that there was a house fire. That was brought up, like, right in the beginning, that there's a house fire that claimed the lives of her previous foster family, that Esther barely made it out alive. Yeah, and she goes on to say, um, wherever there's trouble, Esther's always there. Like, something slipped, and uh, scissors went through their jaw, there's two people fighting, Esther's there, Esther's there, Esther's there. And it turns out that that house fire isn't an accident, it's arson. It was arson. So, So she's, the sister has become very suspicious of what Esther is doing. Kate sees it, John refuses to believe it. Yeah, and Peter Sarsgaard is one of my favorite actors for, like, portraying uh, male disgust. He does it so well. And, like, some of his best performances have that element. Like, I love the way that... So she is like, I just want to know what we have here. And, like, the way that he... Like, the the, the sister's saying, like, I just want to know, you know, what's going on and and all of this stuff and, and what we have here. And the way that he's like, what we have here. And Kate's like, John. And he's like, no, stop. And he's like, what we have here is a nine-year-old orphan, okay, that needs a family. Like, just the, the that moment and the way that he's saying it and the way that he's looking at her, like, he's very, like, st- like stern and almost like, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. Yeah. And then uh, Kate's like, we're taking her to the therapist and, like, the way that he's just like, oh, yeah, fine, yeah, we'll, we'll just take yeah. her to the therapist, whatever. Well, like, you know... <laughs> The first time she brings up taking her to the therapist is when Esther walks in on them finally making love. Oh, and yeah. The next day, she's like, you know, when two two people love each other very much, and Esther's like, I know, they fuck. Like, I get it. Oh, yeah. And like That's a shocking moment. Words, yeah. That's and a then, shocking moment. You know, Kate's just like, whoa. And she's like, talks to John about it, and she's like, we should bring another therapist. And I'm like, because the kid dropped the F-bomb, like, come on. I'm like John in that moment. I'm like, you really want to bring her to a no, therapist but- over that? But. I'm on Kate's side. I'm on Kate's side because she's nine, right? Yeah. So, like, her saying the word fuck is like, all right, you know, whatever. But her saying the word fuck in context, in context knowing yeah. what it means. <laughs> I know, then, right? Like, if I, if, like, for me, my immediate concern would be that in Esther's past there is some abuse. That's my That's, immediate yeah, thought. Yeah. So I would 100% be like, we need to get her talking because we need to there know were, why she knows that. There were multiple moments where I'm like, maybe she was abused mm-hmm. before, and that's why she's doing what she's doing. And like, I had I like that little scene with her, and it's like, well, you know, uh, let's just not bring her to the therapist, like, let's whatever. And she's like, well, why don't you fucking spend more time with her then? And he's like, all right, bitch, or like whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, really, there. it's um, very real. Something I wanted to bring up. So before I forget, so w- why did they adopt in the first place? I think the way that Kate put it was the idea that, like, I had all this love that we were going to give to Jessica, mm-hmm. the name of the unborn child, well, the stillborn child. Yeah. Um, and she says that she wants to have somebody 
that she can give that love to. So it's like, this is a, this is a good thing. You're adopting a child uh, that needs a home, mm-hmm. and then you also have a place to put that. You so know? earlier in the movie, <clears throat> when she's in the bathroom, drunk and left behind her, they start to like kiss a bit there, and then she just kind of like backs away. That makes it seem like, from what I gather from that, is like since she had the miscarriage, she like doesn't want to make love, like int- she's having intimacy issues or whatever. Right. And I'm like, all right, maybe that's why they adopted because, you know, they don't want to try again. They don't want to m- make love. Like she has intimate intimacy issues. Yeah. Here and there, and then it's like as soon as they adopt Esther, she's like, I'm gonna suck his dick while he's sleeping. Like, yeah. Big jump, and I'm like, I'm like. I think I thought, like, I thought they adopted because she, like she didn't want to try to have a natural birth again and and, and like didn't want to have sex at all and then like mm. almost immediately they start making love. I'm like, yeah, huh. I'm like, that. Nah, I don't know. I don't know 100 percent, and they don't get into like the yeah. super nitty gritty details. But I know a lot of I, I've heard I've heard stories of people that have miscarriages and. I don't know if I'm... I don't know. Fact check me, guys. Tell me I'm an idiot. But I've heard stories about that happening and then uh, the toll that is taken on the woman sometimes leads to, like, infertility. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, they might have to do, like, an emergency surgery, you know, something like that. So it might be something where it just is, like, close to home because it's like... I can't really get into the mood because every time I'm in the mood, I'm reminded of the fact that I cannot... Yeah. You know, I cannot conceive a child. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that, you know? But they don't say explicitly. Yeah. But I can see that. Like, it is... Because they don't say it explicitly, it's like, well, what? why? You know, why is it that that way, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um... That's another great thing that they do throughout the movie, though. Like that scene when they're in the kitchen, and John's very much like, "Yeah, we, we're gonna, we should, we should do it right now, right here." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, no, 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 no," because like you know they could get up. Like we don't know what'll happen, and everything. And he's like, "No, no, no, no. like come on, come on, come on," and like to me. That's like a that's a very well done scene, and there's like a couple of beats in it, like when she is like facing away from him, like on like leaning over the counter, and she like goes to reposition herself and just like fucking clocks him in the fucking yeah. nose with the back of his her head, and like all of that stuff. There's so much like naturalism to it. There's naturalism to the roles that they're playing, where the guys like who gives a shit? Like, yeah, we're in the kitchen. Let's fuck. Yeah. And she's like, we should not fuck in a kitchen, John. And like that whole fucking thing feels very, uh, feels very real. feels very true. And then even that like little beat where she like hits him in the nose with the back of her head. It's like, yeah, well, you know, that also seems reasonably realistic, you know, Um, getting caught realistic. And then John's like, well, what the fuck? And it's like, well, dude, you're in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, you're right in the well, kitchen. Well, why? Nobody should be. Nobody should be just walking into a kitchen. You don't know. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. Anything could be happening in here. Knock before you come in the kitchen. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Little no. privacy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a that's a great moment. Like the, uh, it actually reminded me of Duplex. I had never made that connection before. But remember when. Uh, when Ben Stower and uh, Drew Barrymore are getting mm-hmm. it on on the floor, and then they woke uh, up and in the stained glass window, there's the old woman looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that. 
it's like it's like scene for, like shot for shot. That's the fucking scene, right? Um, yeah, that you know, you start to feel like the the way that like Esther is starting to like creep deeper into the lives of these people, and it's not until the nun comes there, raises her concern, that you really start to feel like, okay, Esther is, uh, Esther's a degree more dangerous than I previously thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, and I didn't catch it before, but when, so the, the nun's there and she goes to Max, is like, Max, there is a woman here that is trying to take me away mm-hmm. and we need to stop her, Right. And Max is like, of course, I don't want anybody to take you. I do yeah. love you. So she's helping. And they wind up going into the father's office. And she gets her hands on keys because she wants the keys to the treehouse. Basically, at dinner, Daniel, being a little shit, uh, said, like, you know, she's not my fucking sister. Talking about, mm-hmm. you know, Esther and everything. And John locked the treehouse. And basically was like, when you apologize to your sister, we'll open the treehouse. So Esther wants the keys to the treehouse, but she also finds the keys to uh, the safe that's in John's office. And she goes over and she opens it. uh, And in it, there's a gun. And she picks it up and she it's it's like a revolver. So she takes the thing out and she dumps the bullets she puts one back in she spins it she fucking locks it back in she aims it at max and cocks the cocks the hammer back and she's just like you want to play and max is standing there like stunned and it's like this perfect shot looking straight down the barrel of the thing and uh-huh. she like shakes her head no and esther's just like maybe later yeah. And that moment, I I had never caught it before, but like the fact that she's Russian and then it's, it's like Russian, Russian roulette, roulette, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's fucking that's good shit. Yeah. Um, that's the moment for me that I, I you visibly saw Max is like, I fucked up. Yeah. Like, whoops. I, I should have told on her. Yeah. Earlier. Way like, before. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, the way that again, and we've talked before about you know children stealing the show, you know. But something about Isabella Furman and Isabella Furman plays Esther. There's something about her delivery of that line is so matter of fact mm-hmm. that I think it like reinforces like how like it really makes her that much more terrifying. Like it really cues you up for where we're heading. Mm-hmm. It's just the she signs it too so that Max can understand it. Like <laughs> like want to play? Yeah, you know <laughs> that whole fucking thing. Like it's just so good. Um, so Max and her run through the woods and basically they're going to try to intercept the nun as the nun's leaving. And uh, Esther's explaining to Max, like, we need to scare her so bad that she never comes back. So they're waiting. The car's coming down the road. The nun's preoccupied trying to light a cigarette. Uh, and, like, with, like, maybe 30 feet to spare, Esther just fucking kicks Max out in the middle of the fucking road. Mm-hmm. The nun manages to swerve around her just barely and uh, winds up, like, 
you know, the car winds up doing like a 180 and then sliding off into like the ditch on the side of the road. And she runs out to go check on Max. Doesn't realize it's Max at first. Just leans down and is asking if it's okay, if the child's okay. And then she moves her hair back and realizes it's Max. And and as she's realizing this, like she's knelt down, you see Esther coming up behind her and she turns and Esther just fucking clocks her in the head with a hammer that she took from like, I think the garage or something when they were on their way out. And, uh, she makes Max drag her out off the street and they toss her into the woods, but the nun's still alive and is starting to like crawl away. Mm -hmm. And Esther just, I mean, I don't know how many times she hit that woman, but she just fucking beat the ever loving shit out of her with a hammer. Mm -hmm. Nonstop Max, like staring at this in horror the entire time. Mm-hmm. What if it was just like that's that that for me is the moment where I was saying before if you were gonna like switch to a full horror movie setup yeah. that's the moment because it's like oh Nate now she's murdered somebody not like not a shooting death which is quick and somebody might make a mistake and then have remorse this is somebody that hit somebody in the head twenty times with a hammer and. There's no hesitation on the 20th swing either. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the most insane fucking brutal death. Mm-hmm. She winds up going back to the uh, the treehouse and explaining to... She, she hides the evidence of the murder in a backpack that she puts onto the floorboards. And then she explains to... Uh, Max that this woman like was bad she was going to try to take me away and she was going to get me in trouble and all this stuff and she says she was going to tell on me and then she's like you wouldn't tell on me would you mm-hmm. to Max and it's very obvious it's like oh no I would never yeah. ever 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 tell on you <laughs> like yeah, well, you're she, good she reinforces that she was an accomplice and she's like you'll get in trouble too yeah that's a classic uh, that's a classic move mm-hmm. that you hear people use with kids over and over again to try to like dissuade them from speaking the truth about situations. Yeah, it's very, very devious, mm-hmm. very evil. Um, so now, I mean, I feel like we're kind of moving into where the final act is going to wind up. Like, Kate winds up doing research and basically locates where Esther is from originally and it's Which is this not in Russia it's an orphanage um the Sarn Institute right yeah. um so she's trying to get a hold of them but when she's calling she can't they can't uh communicate they don't speak english so she She's not having much luck on that front. Um, she does speak to somebody who speaks English, and they're like, "Yeah, she would have come." Is it from the first here. call? Yeah, because she oh, talks yeah. to that woman, the receptionist woman, and then she gives uh, some guy comes over and she's like, "Hey, you speak English?" She's like, yeah. yeah. He goes, "They got this little girl came from there," and he's like, "Yeah, we're not in an orphanage. We're like a mental institution." <laughs> right, we're a mental institution. And, you know, the kid wouldn't have come from here. Right. So her suspicions are growing ever more intense. Uh, and Esther is, there's, there's so many things that she does that it's hard to kind of compile all of them because she is 
like a tour de force. Like she's not messing around. One of the things that was revealed early in the movie is the idea that the ashes of the stillborn baby oh, yeah, was scattered right. in a garden that's in the house. They have like a like a an enclosed green house, and the ashes were scattered in the soil, and the soil sprouted these white roses, and she said that as long as the roses are alive, then it's like part of Jessica's alive too. Um, and after a particularly difficult day, uh, you know, John suggests maybe you should do something nice for your mother. And she's like, yeah, I should. And then she walks up behind, like later on, she walks up behind Kate and she's like, Mommy, I have a surprise for you. And then she's like, I picked you flowers. And she, like, presents her with all of these fucking roses that she chopped out of the garden that meant so much to Kate. And Kate kind of fucking loses it, which, of course, you would. But she just walks over and she's like, what did you do? And she, like, grabs her by the arm, but not in a forceful manner. You know, not, like, in a in a very, like, rough manner. She grabs her by the arm and is, is obviously upset. And later in the night... They show Esther, it's such a, it's one of those like creepy, uh, like old school kind of, um, it reminds me of like Cronenberg, like that kind of thing. Like he had like the, the guy killing himself with a pair of scissors in one of his movies, which is like really fucking grotesque, but it kind of has that sort of vibe to it. Um, Esther has snuck into like the garage into, like, where the tools are, and she puts her fucking arm in a vice grip, the the arm that Kate had grabbed, mm-hmm. and she has to, like, have something in her mouth to bite down on, and she slowly starts just squeezing her arm, squeezing it, squeezing it, squeezing it, until she fucking snaps a bone. And it was, it's it like, I feel like that was one of the moments where I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't know... I don't know what she is. Like that was that was the point where I was like, I don't know what she is because I can't, yeah, I can't I fathom too. a nine-year-old girl yeah. doing this to herself. You know, like it was fucked up, and you know, I'm still like that. That thought is just continually in my head through most of that. Like the the transition from the second to the third act is in my head the entire time. Like, who is this person? What is this person? You know, and and I I always had demon, 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 yep. demon at the forefront of my mind the entire way. Um, basically, as a result of of that, um, that's where John gets really stern about like you need help. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go to rehab. Yeah, and, you know they found this bottle and she's like well I dumped the other one down and that so this whole movie Esther is basically gaslighting Kate making her look crazier and crazier Mm -hmm. she read her diary so she knows a lot what happened she knows how to manipulate and you know when they bring Kate to the uh, when they bring Esther to the therapist earlier in the movie like almost immediately immediately that the therapist is just on Esther's side and she's like Kate you're fucking up you're this like oh this is your fault you're doing this and like it almost like almost to a point where it seems like the therapist is in on it yeah like so like 
won't even listen to Kate and she's like, it's your problem, you're doing all this, you're causing everything, it's you, you, you. Yeah. And like, almost like unreasonably. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. And she's like, Esther is perfect, you're a dumb piece of shit mom, and you're, you're letting that get in the way of your own inadequacies, this and that. And John's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always the supportive husband. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking um, crazy what they do to her. Like yeah. that, that that whole situation and the way that uh, the way that they yeah. they lead her down that path, you know. And then you know it was at that point like you you just brought up that uh, John and, and the ther- uh, Kate's therapist were like we are signing you into a rehab place, right? And then Esther <sighs> Esther yeah. says on this like like Max is watching this happen too. I I, I forgot about this and I just. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but when uh, Max is watching this play out from the staircase, and Esther just walks up behind her, and it's just like, if you tell, I'll shoot mommy. <laughs> and it's like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So intense. What next? Well, this is where <laughs> she talks with a guy who's like, yeah. Um, so, that, by the way, is is not hang on there's a there's a fire yeah. right because because she doesn't find that out until she's actually in the hospital right right yeah so the, there's oh, I think the fire happened when she originally was on the phone with people right uh, talking about it trying yeah to, yeah yeah so they uh, no I don't know I thought she was on the phone and that's how she saw it I can't remember yeah, I can't remember. Okay. I, we're we're getting senile, guys. But basically, but this did happen before. What I was about to bring up, this so. thing happens. Basically, Max does tell Danny about what's going on, mm-hmm. and Danny's trying to collect the evidence to prove that Esther's insane. He sneaks into the treehouse to gather the stuff. Esther's there waiting for him, and she's she overheard that conversation. Yes, because uh, Danny saw the pictures that Max drew. Right, all the dead people. And he's like, and he, he he immediately sees it, and he's like, "Is that I forget the nun's name?" He's like, "Is that sister, sister, sister Abigail, sister?" I think Abner, it was Abigail. I think something. I'm not sure. He's like, Is that her? And I'm like, "Damn, this kid's like should fucking work for the police department if he sees like one little stick figure drawn." And he's like, "Whoa, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, what's the bad thing?" It's like in the treehouse because like he he saw them in there, and then that's you know Esther takes a exacto blade to his. Dude, that scene, it's so funny. Puts up to his neck and she's like, what the fuck did you see? And it's like, I didn't see anything. You just lived in the treehouse. Like, what else did you see? And she like brings the knife down, the exacto blade down. And she's like, if you say, if I find out that you're lying, I'm going to, what do you say? I'm going to cut, cut your hairless this, little prick, prick off, off before, before you, you even, even know, know what, what it's, it's used for. Or whatever like that. Yeah. And I was like, damn, Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Damn. That's just fucking crazy, like, that dude. Brutal. Like, that was a good line. Crazy, that was pretty man. fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> Team Esther. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So she's waiting for him there. and Yeah. She's kind of... She's ready to go. She fucking squirts lighter fluid all over the place. Fucking lights the thing yeah. on fire. Because um, she'd taken out the evidence that he was looking for already. Yeah. And she was like, they always say you should burn the evidence. And I'm like, you're going to burn a hammer? I mean, it's still going to be there, but go for it. Um, <laughs> But she lights all that shit on fire. Yeah. Locks Danny in. Yep. And Danny winds up, try, like, in an effort to escape, he falls and 
gets knocked out. And then she picks up a fucking rock and is going over and she's about to pigeon him. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but before she can, Kate is alerted to what's going on, runs out, try to stop, you know, to try to save everybody. And Esther, like, just pretends, like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Well, just sitting here on this rock. It's Max that saves him. That's right. Max does, like, a Max little body up. check. And she's like, doof, this is for <sighs> fucking taking the parking brake off the car and putting it in neutral when I was in the back seat, bitch. Boom. Again, all of these fucking things that Esther does, that's nonstop. Yeah. It's, it's like, full of different scenarios of her, like, setting up the family. It's so hard to, like, condense all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a fucking crazy scene, too. She tried to kill Max. Like, I, it, it really doesn't feel like there's any fucking, like, there's any rhyme or reason. Like, she just is fucking bloodlusty, yeah. you know? So well, I think I feel like the effort there was more to make Kate look crazy. Yeah. Because her ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> the hospital. They take Danny to the hospital. The grandmother's supposed to be watching Esther, and Esther's like, "I want to get a soda. Can I get a soda?" And the grandmother's like, "Your mother said that you're supposed to stay right here." And then she like feels bad, and she's like, "Here's some money. Go to the soda machine." And she just lets Esther walk off. And then, like, a couple minutes later, Max, well, you know, maybe a minute later, Max is like, I want to go check on where Esther is. Mm-hmm. Max, how old is she? Like, five or six? Yeah. In a hospital? And the grandmother's like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Yeah. You know, just let her walk off alone. Cool. No big deal. Um, you find Esther has taken the little heart rate monitor off of Daniel, puts it on her own finger. Yeah takes the pillow out from under his head and fucking tries to suffocate him um and it's look kate's been queued up completely ready to go ready to go because she knows that something's up with esther so when she hears that danny is in critical condition like that he's he's redlining and flatlining and everything uh she is like what did you do what did you do to him you bitch and just Fucking nails Esther. Clocks her from everybody at the hospital. It was fucking great. I'm like, damn, dude, you gotta have a little bit of self awareness of what this looks like. You know, I don't fucking know. I get it. Yeah, and Esther immediately is like, Daddy! (laughs) Such a bitch. Uh, So they wind up like sedating Kate. Uh, They put her, you know, they they put her in a hospital bed too. And uh, John, what do you do? He goes home. With Esther and Max, you know, uh, he's just drinking and, and he's away. drinking and all this shit. And Esther is, uh, she's making a black dress. And in the meantime, do you want to take it, John? Kate wakes up in the hospital and gets a uh, phone call from, yeah, from I don't even know who, but he's like, the Sarn Institute. He's like, yeah, well, I reviewed that picture and you know, I. Was... That's not a nine-year-old girl, you know, she's actually suffering from, she has this rare disease, uh, something dwarfism, I don't yeah. know, but whatever. Uh, I think it's I think a made-up one, too. Uh, he, I, thought, I think he, it's the same thing Andy Milanakis has, where he appears. Really? Yeah, he, uh, he has some disease where he's like, looks really young, but he's like really I old. Think that they, I think that medically, though, they made up a, a name. Oh, maybe. Because I did, they I didn't, didn't want to be that. like... Andy Milanakis is a fucking psycho murderer. Like, they didn't want to have that comparison. I didn't look into it. So I think they made it up, made up what it is, but it's basically like proportional dwarfism. Yeah. 
She's uh, really born in like 1976, and she's like 30 something years she's old. She's 33. Esther's 33, and not the nine year old girl. She's like, yeah, she gets through most of her life just uh, posing as like a little girl, and you know, and she's like, was in a straitjacket, and she tried to get out and struggled, and that's why she has like all these marks on her wrists and her neck, and that's why she yeah. wears her dog collar and her shit there, and she's really yeah. dangerous. She like disappeared like a year ago, and you know, whatever. We know she's really dangerous, but we kind of just stop looking because we don't care. Can't find and, her. <laughs> yeah, just let her go wreak havoc and do her thing. Yeah. And Kate's like, oh my goodness, and yeah, you know, that's where he's like, you got to get away from her, and you got to get your family away from her now. And, and he like, basically explains the mo too. Yeah. Like as this, as we're seeing Esther, like. She's making a wedding dress, and she's putting on fucking makeup and shit. And as she's doing that, uh, this guy reveals the M.O. of her. And basically, it's that, like, she goes around, poses as a child, and ultimately attempts to seduce the father of the household. Mm -hmm. And then, if she's rejected, she she kills everybody. Yeah. But I almost, like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, like if she's rejected, like, I feel like they did that to, like, sugarcoat things and, mm-hmm. and be like, well, but I, even if she wasn't rejected, she's definitely killing that entire fucking yeah. family, right? Oh, it's not like she's just going to be like, oh, well, at least I have somebody that loves me. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm yeah. not going to kill anybody anymore. Yeah. and It as, doesn't matter what you choose. She's going to fucking kill you. He's explaining all that. You kind of get that scene at the same time where John's drunk and she walks over and she's like, Daddy, uh, yeah. I love you. And he's like, what'd you do to your face? Because she's always on makeup. What are you wearing? Yeah. It's this, know. like, a really weird scene. Black dress. Where she's like, Very no, daring. Daddy. She's like, I really love you. And she like, whispers like, yeah, something in his ear, like, what, like, let me take care of you Let or me something. take care of you. And, like, John's drunk and he starts crying and starts, like, opening up to this little 12-year-old girl or whatever that he had adopted. Yeah. And, you know, she, like, whispers and he's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, I can't take this anymore, blah, blah, blah. She's well, like, I she, thought you loved me. She 100%, like, makes a move. Yeah. Like, she tried to grab him. She tried to grab his dick. And that's yeah. when I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like that's fucked up because that's like that's really a 12 year old girl at this point like yeah. that is a real 12 year old girl in the yeah in the context in and yeah, yeah, the yeah acting yeah. yeah I mean a lot of that stuff like you kind of like lie you're like well try to grab his hand that's under the covers oh of course you know yeah, what I mean I I like know. she might not fully understand uh, what's going on but like I I remember watching that and can you can you just check what what is that movie rated um uh... <clears throat> Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> rated R. It's rated R, yeah, okay. Yes. Because I feel, I, 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 yeah, I guess there is enough language that it kind of, it does tilt that way. But um, even for a rated R movie, like the, the level of exploitation that's happening, like... Uh, it's so it's so uncomfortable. Even after mm-hmm. you're in on the in on the twist, mm-hmm. I almost like <laughs> I almost wonder if if you put the twist after that moment, how many people would have just walked out of the movie? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like, like, how many people would be like, no? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, even after knowing that it's like, well, she's thirty three. Yeah. Uh, it's still it's just such a fucking unbelievably like skin crawly scene and Mm -hmm. like uh it's interesting too like the it's a different it's it's weird because the traditional thing of like you know 
the, the, it's like, a, again, that juxtaposition, right? It's like the adult male and what appears to be a child, and, like, you would think of it being, like, the predatory male, but, like, that scene is written the reverse. Yeah. She is the predator, uh-huh. and he is the prey. And there's something about it, but it's like, man, this is, like, really fucking sick. Yeah. Like, this is a really yeah. sick scene. Uh, so he rejects her. She goes upstairs. She's heartbroken, apparently, I Makeup guess. Makeup smearing everywhere. She takes out her fake teeth. And yeah. just these rotten, nasty teeth there. Yeah. Apparently, which, when you're 33, that happens. Um, I you don't take care of yourself. Before my teeth all <laughs> rotted out, apparently. Yeah. I don't How are you ever going to seduce patriarchs again, John? Yeah. <laughs> With rotten oh, teeth. Man. Well, technology's better. I can just throw in these fake teeth there. And yeah, I'll you're be fine. Good to go. You'll be good. Um... Yeah, so Kate's, like, rushing back to the house to try to, like, prevent any more damage from happening. In the middle of a snowstorm. In the middle of a snowstorm. Uh, Esther is full-on, like, preparing herself for war. Mm-hmm. Um, what, a, what a fucking crazy turn of events. What did you think of that, man? Like, what did you... Was it, how did that feel when you were... Like, when you went from... Like, I was thinking, right? Like, demon or, you know, something of that sort. Mm-hmm. Never once questioning whether she was actually a child, yeah. right? How did it feel when it was like, no, she's like an adult person? Yeah. What did that do it's for like, you? All right, I get it now. I can see I could see how she was able just to murder people, you yeah. know, and not have an issue because, you know, no, you know, I don't know. I would get hurt if a 12-year-old swung a hammer at me, but I think I could hold my own. Right, I'm not right, sure. right. Um, but you know, it's in the way she like articulated herself and like, she was way more intelligent than she mm-hmm. let off. You know, you saw it at some points, like she's really good at pain, playing the piano. She's very witty and very all like, yeah, people fuck. And I'm like, well, yeah, she's 33. She knows that. Right. And then, you know, she hits it with the scene. She like, it's weird because she almost, at one point it seems like she almost forgets that she's coming off as a 12 year old girl because when John rejects her, she's like, stop treating me like a child or something like that yeah yeah there's like, some that was, that was yeah very strange and i feel like john should have been like wait what what yeah. you, you are a child yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like uh, of course i'm treating you like a child uh-huh. um yeah man like that i remember watching that the first time and that realization that hit me right in like the feels like like that's the type of shit that i like because i was thinking it was going to go supernatural and i'm not a big fan of the supernatural stuff i like things to be grounded and when they're like it's not it's not supernatural. It's this 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 person is fucking mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. They are insane. And they are like a serial killer. I was like, "Oh shit. Yes. Yes, please." That scene earlier when she uh she pushed that girl off the slide, it, it reminded me of like a you know, like kind of like a child's play-esque type scene. Yeah. And it's kind of like very similar in, in, in terms of having like a serial killer and like a child's body type thing. Right. Like older and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of like maybe it was inspired by child's play. I don't know. I'm like, what yeah. if it was like, you know, somebody with an adult mind and who wants to hurt people in like an actual child's body. Right. So I think they, they do cross that line in child's play. He doesn't need like momentarily get in, into someone's body or he's trying to. I don't know. Can't um, remember. But a couple couple similar parallels there. Yeah, Um, it uh, it reminded me. Havoc. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, too. Like you're talking about, it reminded you of Child's Play. But there's also a character. I'm gonna do the thing. Ready? In Batman the Animated Series, 
they created a character named Baby Doll, mm-hmm. and Baby Doll had the same type of thing. It was a, it was another fake disease that she had that made her ever basically like infant sized. Like her brain would develop into being relatively a, 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 an adult brain, but she was like a child forever, and she became a child star on a television show. Which is great, but she's not going to age out or anything. Mm-hmm. And then they canceled the show, and uh, she's always had, like, this vendetta about it, you know? And basically, like, she winds up kidnapping, like, the cast. I think they were going to... They were talking about restarting the show, and the cast was like, nope, no, not interested. And she was like, this is all I fucking have. Like, I need this. Mm-hmm. And then she wound up kidnapping, like, all of her former castmates, and... uh I always liked Baby Doll. I always thought that, that was like a cool character, a really interesting take. Unfortunately, there's no realistic version of what she has, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's a character that like adapting it into like a real world you probably can't yeah. fucking do. Um, yeah, they have a character like that in uh, the comic series Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Yeah, they have this character called Monster Girl, who's like kind of like the Hulk, like can turn into a giant monster at any time huh. and like come back. But she's like has this, you know, I think. Like think, all girls. So, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so I think actually the way her power works is the longer that she's in monster form, the younger her actual form gets. So she's like very young at the point that like you meet her. Oh. And the longer she stays in monster form, when she reverts back, she like gets younger. Oh, wow. But she like... But mentally, she's still the same age. You know, like, mentally, she's whatever age that she, like, aged with naturally. Right. If I remember correctly how it works. It's been a while since I've read the comic series. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like that, where it's, like, a, an adult in a kid's body type thing. Wow. Huh. But I think the twist of her, her superpower is she can turn into Monster Girl. But as, as lo- the, more, the longer she's this big, big, strong Hulk-like monster, the consequence is she gets younger and younger so when she she would still age normally though right like she would come out of being monster girl be younger but then start aging continue to age i believe so i believe so it'd be cool if they did a story where she's like super old it's like oh she hasn't done this in you know 90 years Mm -hmm. you know something like that um so yeah like esther kind of reminds me of of uh I, I always make the comparison to Baby Doll. And I actually always think, like, how cool would it be if, like, Batman just burst through the fucking window and was like, You're done, Esther. I know what you've done, you know? Yeah. And she's like, Fuck you, Batman. Like, yeah. she feels like a Batman villain. Like, I, I always think about, like, her and Michael Myers and uh, Hannibal Lecter. And, like, those characters should fight Batman at some point. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, so Kate... Oh, yeah. So Esther winds up uh, sneaking up on John, and she gives him the old stabbo in the in the back. A little stab and then uh, he falls down, and she just keeps going. Yeah, she just does not stop. Stabs him straight to death. I thought that was, like, really fucking interesting to me, just because... I don't. I never felt like he was actually gonna die. I, I, yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah, they fucking went for it. He fucking dies mm-hmm. because he refused to see 
any of Vester's faults. He, like, wanted to live in a fantasy land, and because he did, he never fucking... He just didn't see her for what she was. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was like, okay, I'm sounding the alarm bells because she tried to grab my junk, uh, and we need to know what the fuck this is, and uh, it was too late. Yep. She just fucking stabs him to death in front of fucking Max. Max sees it happen. <laughs> And then Esther's like, well, I guess I gotta kill Max now, too. But that's when Kate shows up. Uh-huh. Poor Kate, as a character. Like, how much shit can you fucking put her through, dude? Right. She walks in, she sees John all bloody in the ground. She's like, John? <laughs> you okay? Oh, God. It's so, it's so sad, dude. Mm. It's like so much fucking pain that she's been put through. Yeah. Well, then we bring it all back. We have that major, the boss, the final battle there that yeah. ends at that little pond area which yeah. ties back into her passing out drunk and Max almost drowning. Yeah. Because Good she passed catch. out drunk. So. Good catch. And it's like, this is, I don't know, I guess a way to heal here. Like, yeah. Max is walking over towards the... It's all iced over pond here, and the Max is like, oh, I'm going to grab the gun, and I'm going to try and shoot Esther, but she shoots the ice, and then they fall through. Yep. Yeah. And there's, like, a there's like the typical cliche stuff that comes before, like, the cat and mouse in the house, but it's yeah. not... There's nothing that interesting no. about it. Uh, you think that Esther's dead at that point, uh, but when the co- they show the cops, like, raiding right the house, and then Esther's gone... And that's, you know, the, it leads to the pawn scene, which is the more interesting, the more interesting of the two. It mm-hmm. felt, if it ended at the house, it would have been, it would have been kind of almost like anticlimactic, like, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, she shoots the ice and Esther and her fall through. Esther's still going ham with the knife, just like will not stop. I think she does stab Kate again mm-hmm. in the stomach. Um, and Kate manages to land like an elbow into Esther's face and it like seems like it knocks her out. Kate swims back up. She's telling Max has been walking out onto the ice, uh and Kate's like, step back, it's not safe, like go, go, go. And uh Esther comes up behind Kate and she's holding on to her leg and she's saying, you know, you know, don't let me die, mommy, you know. And she has, they show, like, she has the knife right behind her back, like, ready to go. And it uh, brings us back to the last episode, which, you know, yeah. we're talking about uh, Vivarium. That's what got me on the kick. I was just going to say, I'm like, this is, I'm like, I feel like when we talked about that thing from Vivarium, that's when you, I feel like that's when it, in your head you're like, have you seen Orphan? Yeah. Like Orphan. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I was good not to, I didn't, like, want to say where that movie would go mm-hmm. but yeah that you get the moment where she's like you know mommy please don't let me die mommy and kate's like i am not your fucking mommy and just fucking kicks her right in the fucking head snaps her neck finally mm-hmm. bye esther it's satisfying yeah it's like she had done so many fucking horrible things throughout the course of that movie that it was like yes 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 more like that was warranted yeah it was awesome uh I fucking love Orphan. I'm a huge, That's huge a fan of Orphan. That's a good movie. I have heard some things, and I don't know how I feel about these things. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh, there is a prequel in the work. 
in the works, a prequel. And a prequel starring Isabella Furman as Esther in the works. Which, at this point, Isabella Furman's got to be... You have to add 10 years to it. 11 years. Well, 12 years from when they shot it, right? It was probably yeah. 2008 they shot it. Yeah. So you had 12 years, and you say she was 20. 12 yeah. or so when they shot it. So she's like 24. Yeah. I don't know. And now it's a prequel when she actually <clears throat> is older. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm sure they must have figured out something to even get it get it going. I, I mean, maybe you could do digital trickery yeah. and stuff and like but I mean a little bit of CGI. It was a, Isabella Furman's like a relatively small woman. She's like 5 foot 3. Mhm. Uh but even still that's size of that's quite a bit diff, uh, quite a bit bigger than yeah. uh Esther was, you know. Mhm. So I'm excited about it. Honestly, I am interested. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Um, But I do almost feel like um, this has... I I think, like, killing her made sense in the guise of that movie, and I think that they approached it the right way. Like, okay, we're only going to do this once. Um, But now, like, wanting to do more, now you've boxed yourself into the corner where you're like, shit, like, she... We have to do a prequel for touching this character again. Mm Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if you could have ended it in, like, a, um... Like, what if Esther, like, succeeded? And killed all of them? Yeah, what if she succeeded? And she actually did it and then disappeared into the night. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's like, she's still out there somewhere. You know? Like, would have been kind of interesting. You know? Mm-hmm. Would have been kind of a down ending. But I kind of like that sometimes, especially with, like, the horror genre. Like, I like when things don't work out for the people that you hope that they do work out for, you know? Like, I I like when the bad guys win in horror sometimes. Yeah, because otherwise, if you have all these movies that the good guys always win, you 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 expect it. Yeah. Then you got movies that are like, no, the bad people are going to win this time. Yeah. And you go, all right, well, you know, for future movies, maybe you don't assume that. Yeah, I I, I, I could have... I think I might have liked that a little bit. I also have to say, too, that the title scrawls, like, in the beginning, it's like, you see orphans, very, like, a serif font, you know, stony, and then they do that light flickering. That was something we didn't talk about, but the light flickering, and you see, like, it's defaced, and it's, like, all this, like, neon colors. Um, One of the things with Esther's room that you find out is that yeah, she has, like, paintings that a child would do, but she's also using, like, a UV paint on top of those paintings. So if you shine a black light onto it, it is a entirely different images, like people, you know, being mutilated, yeah. burned alive and shit. And uh, underneath those paintings are, like, like really well-done paintings of men and women, like, right. you know, in lusty kind of scenarios, you know. At and first, I was like, is that John and Kate? And then I'm like, wait, no. Is that supposed to be John and her? <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you that didn't. There wasn't like very um, distinct features on like the faces, and it was kind of quick too. Yeah. But I was like, no way. Yeah, it was fucking. Dis- it is. Uh, but I love that. I like that. That concept, and it happens. You know, it's the first thing you see is the orphan title card, and the studios are defaced as well in that beginning, <clears throat> and I like how it gets explained later on, and. I really love the end credits. 
it reminded me of like Seven. Mm-hmm. You know the, the opening credits of Seven, where you're like you're right there in John Doe's apartment, and you're seeing like, you know, him shaving off his fingerprints, and you're seeing him like taping medical images into his notebooks, and you're like, it's so fucking scuzzy. You're getting into the mindset of the killer, you know, um, and then this kind of does the same thing. Like on the tail end, you see Esther's world, you know, and it's. Uh, just in and of itself, it's just a beautiful section of cinematography. It's really mm-hmm. well put together. Um, yeah, I fucking love Orphan. Really do. Highly recommend it. If you have listened to this entire podcast and have not seen it, <laughs> you should definitely go check it yeah, out. A lot of surprises it. in store for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an all-time classic. Definitely. Modern classic. All right. It held up for a movie that came out over ten years ago. I think it held up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the performances are great. and It's not the timeless about that genre movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the the genre of, like, the creepy kid, you know? There's something terribly wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> something eternal about yeah. it. But, yeah. I, uh... I think that's it, man. Yeah. I don't got nothing else to say. I got I'm happy. I'm happy either. It was really fun watching that again. It's been it's been several years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. Alright. So I guess that's it for this week's episode of WT Fada. Thank you for listening in. Use the hashtag WT Fada Giveaway One to win a twenty five dollar Amazon gift card and a pack of stickers. Alright? Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Hey. Do you want more WT Fada throughout the week? If so, head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at WTFada underscore podcast. There, we post updates about episodes as well as news stories. Usually movies, sometimes just odd. Um, yeah, stay connected. All right, guys. We really hope you enjoyed the episode today. Um, I got to tell you, I still love Orphan. Even after all this time, I was kind of wondering if I would see the the mistakes in it more clearly now than before or something because i know it got bad reviews but i have to honestly say it still holds up i enjoy the hell out of that movie it's really really good um Next week's episode, we're watching something that I know nothing about. It's called The Lie. Uh, It's apparently on Amazon Prime, so if you guys want to check it out, jump on it. If you have questions that spring to mind after having viewed it, go ahead, head on over to anchor.fm slash WTFOTA slash message and uh, send in those questions, and we'll talk about them on the show. So, uh, yeah, do it. Do it. We'd love to hear from you guys. Have a good week. Bye.